Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the career strategy podcast for BIPOC folks in their 20s and 30s trying to figure out their next career move. I'm your host, Priscilla Weninger Bolcha, Latinx career coach, former talent recruiter, and human capital management consultant. Each Friday, I'll share an actionable tip to help you on your career change journey so that you can job search with confidence, land amazing job offers, and get on with your life. Let's get started. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast. I am really excited to be here with you today. Today, I'm gonna be talking about phone interviews, also referred to as phone screens. I honestly am a mini expert in phone interviews because I used to do so many of them in my former life as a talent recruiter. And this episode is going to be very tactical in nature. I'm not talking a lot about mindset or very high-level career change strategy. This is actually the perfect episode to listen to before starting to do phone interviews or once you're already doing phone interviews. This episode is meant to give you an overview of what is the phone screen, how to think about it, how to prepare for it, and maximize the chance that you're passed on to the next stage. Make sure to save this episode for whenever you have a phone interview scheduled or send it to someone who might be doing phone interviews right now. So phone interviews are officially the beginning of the interviewing process. It's your first green light go moment, and it means that you're now actively interviewing somewhere. Someone, a real human being, whether it was a screener or a recruiter or a hiring manager, someone saw your resume, they read through it, they saw your application, and they said this person is worth moving forward in the process, reaching out to them, and getting to schedule a phone interview with them. Take this as a small win to get invited to a phone interview because many people do not make it to this point in the process. So definitely take this as a small win that they saw something in your application, in your resume, maybe your LinkedIn, that you could be a real fit for that specific job description or role that they're interested in talking to you about. So like I mentioned, when I was a talent recruiter, I did hundreds of phone screens. I would easily do anywhere between 10 to 30 phone screens a week, depending on what part of the year we were in, if we were in a heavy hiring season or maybe a lower hiring season. And I got really good at them. I got really good at really quickly being able to tell whether someone was a fit for our organization, a fit for the role. And I would probably move forward anywhere between 30 to 50% of those candidates. So it is really the first line of defense that you have to get past in order to be seriously considered for the role. When I was a talent recruiter, my job was to save time for the hiring manager by eliminating anyone who was clearly not a fit for our organization or the role that we were hiring for. So the worst thing that I could do was pass someone on who just was not a fit or had some major red flags because that would inevitably come out in the final interview process. And those final interviews take up a lot of time and energy from otherwise very busy hiring hiring managers and employees. And so 
the sourcer, the screener, the recruiter, they want to talk to you first themselves typically to assess whether it makes sense for you to move forward into the next stage. One of the things that I think people get wrong about the phone interview is that they think that the phone interview is is similar to an informational chat or a networking chat, and they think that it's supposed to be some kind of relationship building conversation or a conversation where the person who's interviewing them is diving really deep into their story and who they are. It really is not that. Like really truly think of it as a screening. They are really just trying to screen you and weed out people who do not meet the minimum qualifications for the job, have any red flags, or weed out anyone who clearly has not done any research on the company or the role. I almost want you to think of the phone interview as border patrol. When you're trying to enter a country, the immigration station where you have to give them your documentation, your passport, your visa, and the job of that officer is really just to review your documentation, make sure that it's in order, make sure that you can even enter the country. They're not there to hear your life story or to dive really deep into your experiences. It's really just a layer of screening to make sure that you have the minimum baseline to enter the country. You can also think of it as the person at the club door who's asking for your ID. You know, that is really what they're doing. Do not expect it to be much more than that. So there's a few things for you to expect from this conversation. So the first thing is this conversation can often go very quickly and it can feel very transactional because it really is. So usually the person who's interviewing you, they are also talking to many other people. They do many phone screens and this means that they have a bias probably towards efficiency. They need to very quickly be able to talk to you and because they are able to compare you with the other people that they talk to, they can very quickly assess whether or not it makes sense to move forward with you. So if the conversation goes quickly or ends quickly, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't pass to the next stage or that you did terribly. It really could be that you very quickly checked the boxes for them and they have enough data or information to move you forward in the process. It can also mean that you very quickly showed them that you do not meet the criteria. So my takeaway here is do not read into how long the conversation takes or how quickly they're running through the questions. I almost want you to expect that their approach is going to be to very quickly start firing questions at you. And that's because from their perspective, they're having this conversation 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 times a week. So their orientation towards this conversation is just going to be a little bit more on the transactional efficiency side of things. Don't get offended or don't get freaked out or thrown off when they're not necessarily trying to have the most in-depth, super friendly, you know, networking type conversation because that's not what this is. That is not the role of this. Many times interviewers will even interrupt you. This could mean that A, they got enough information from you, from what you just said, or B, you're spending way too long answering a question and they need to get through their other questions. So the way that I would plan for this is I want you to assume that the person who's interviewing you, they are running the show. They've got the mic. They have their list of questions that they need to get through. Don't try to monopolize the conversation or give answers that are 
going on and on and on forever. Like try to be present into the conversation and give them what they are asking for as directly as possible, as quickly as possible so that they can get the answer that they need and move on to the next question. Strong interviewers will start the conversation and frame it by saying, you know, I have X amount of questions. I might even interrupt you. Don't read into it. But in the case that you don't have someone who frames a conversation and they just start kind of going into the questions, I want you to be prepared for that. And I also want you to be self-aware about how long it's taking you to answer questions and making sure that you're directly answering their questions and not talking about something random because that is an immediate red flag. That will be an immediate no, (laughs) because if this person can't answer my question directly, they're not going to be able to answer questions directly when they're in front of the hiring manager. So it's really important for you to start to practice answering concisely and directly answering their question. Also, don't be afraid of asking and checking in with them. Hey, should I keep going? Like that shows that you're being mindful of the time constraint and the fact that they have an agenda to get through. All right. I do want you to to plan ahead of time that you're likely going to feel stressed and you might feel a shot of adrenaline go through your body before the phone interview and even during the phone interview. If you haven't done interviews in a long time, like you want to just expect that your body's going to process the interview almost as if it were a threat and you might be freaked out, you might be scared, you are going to feel maybe put on the spot and don't be surprised when you the nerves basically kick in. This is very normal. Some people sweat. Some people feel their heart rate increase. Some people's palms get sweaty. People might even forget what they thought what they were going to say once they're kind of put on the spot on the phone interview. Try to have some compassion for yourself as you start getting used to doing interviews again. I promise that with practice, it will get easier. When I was doing phone interviews back in the day, I know that I need to channel my nerves by physically standing or even like walking around my room. That allowed me to channel my nervous energy. And because it's a phone conversation, like they they can't see you, right? So you, I, I would personally use that to my advantage by going into a room, closing the door, removing all distractions and being able to pace a little bit in my room so that I can answer questions and also channel some of that nervous energy. Another thing that I recommend doing is create a Spotify playlist with songs that can get you pumped up, feeling confident before a phone interview and before any interview. For me personally, I listened to rap songs that made me feel really like confident and I would listen to like Nicki Minaj and I really call this fight music. Like this is music that gets you ready, not not necessarily to fight someone, but It gets your body's defenses up going so that you feel ready to go on the offense when you get questions, especially when you're put on the spot. You might get questions that you're not necessarily ready for. It just gets your body primed for that. It's almost like before going onto the field and starting a game like getting pumped up for that game. Maybe for some of you, it might be like getting a workout and getting that blood going, that blood pumping. Whatever it is, just plan ahead of time that you're going to feel stressed and that adrenaline is likely to shoot up. Some of you may not have this obstacle, but I did want to call it out because I do think it, it can 
increase and improve your performance significantly if you prepare for that ahead of time. The other thing is you want to make sure that you're in a quiet place with no distractions. Losing service or being in a in a noisy place like a coffee shop or outside on your street or, you know, in your car, that is a huge turnoff to, to the recruiter, to someone who's interviewing you. It shows that you didn't care about making sure that you were in a quiet place preparing for the interview. When Whenever I would interview someone who was like clearly just like I couldn't hear them, they were in a noisy place, you know, it just it makes my job so much harder to like try to understand what you're saying that like when I compare the quality of your interview with other people who were in a quiet room and I was easily able to hear what they're saying, you're immediately kind of putting yourself lower on the the rankings and it's going to be less likely that I'll want to move forward with you. The last thing is be prepared to bring the enthusiasm, bring the energy. You want to project an excited, eager, and confident voice. So practice, you know, channeling that confident voice because when when it comes to a phone interview, that's all you're really going off of is the quality of sound of your voice and how your voice sounds. One of the biggest turnoffs for me, for me when I was interviewing was if I spoke to someone and they just didn't seem very enthusiastic or energetic or maybe they even see, sounded like they were like in bed or like had forgotten about the interview, like, like all of that we can hear it on the other line. We can hear how awake you are, how excited you are, how enthusiastic you are. So you want to make sure that you can bring the enthusiasm, bring the energy. Sometimes that factor alone can overcompensate for areas where you're lacking on your resume. And I know that sounds wild, but when you think about interview processes, there's always an intangible quality about a person when you're evaluating them. And, you know, when someone is missing a critical work experience that maybe we would prefer to see, If that person brings enthusiasm, excitement, like confidence, that go-getter, you know, feeling or mentality, I mean, that can easily overcompensate for what they might be missing in their resume. And then there's people who they have all the experiences, but that the way that they're speaking and showing up on the interview might seem super careless or they're not excited about the role. That je ne sais quoi quality can be enough for a recruiter to say, you know, I don't think this person's really excited for this role. I don't think they're going to be a fit for this. Or maybe they're looking for something different. So try to bring that energy to the conversation as well. Okay, so these are the questions that you can expect to get in a phone screen. They tend to be pretty basic, but they do require some preparation if you haven't thought about them. And I also want to introduce to you the rule of three. So when you get questions like, why do you want to work at this company? Why are you excited for this role? I recommend using the rule of three, not for every question, because then that gets a little exhausting. Only do it for like a couple. But the rule of three is just like, have three points ready. So if someone's like, hey, why are you excited about this company? You can say, okay, well, there's, you know, there's three main reasons that are attracting me to this company. Number one, the learning and growth opportunities, and then talk a little bit about that. Number two, maybe it's like their mission or something. Number three, whatever. So you choose like three points, but it helps you frame your answer. And it also, for some reason, our brains really like when three things are presented together. So it, it makes it more memorable in their mind as well. So here's the questions. Why this company? 
why this role? Tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume. This should be a 60 second answer. Don't try to make this into a lifelong, you know, biography. When they ask you, tell me about yourself, you want to answer with highlighting the aspects of your of your work experience that relate to the job description. Why are you leaving your current job or why did you leave your last job? What skills do you have that apply to this role? What are your strengths or superpowers? Where do you see yourself in five years? By the way, when you answer this question, you want to make sure that it relates to the job in some way and that it's something that you would logically be able to do in the next five years if you take this job. If you say something radically different, this can work against you. The recruiter might ask themselves, well, if you want to be a chef in five years, like why would we want to invest so much training and time? And you have to think about it from their perspective. They want to find someone who not just will accept the job, but will actually be excited about staying with the organization for a long time and being able to grow long term. If you also say a totally different function, that's going to set off a red flag. So be very, very careful about how you answer where do you see yourself in five years. Another question will be, tell me about a time that you X are famous behavioral questions. I promise in 2023, I will release a set of episodes where I will dive deep into behavioral questions because it's such an important part of preparing for your interviews, all of them. But for the phone screen, you probably won't get more than three of these questions. And what I recommend doing is preparing three stories that you can share and be able to pivot to answer any behavioral question for a phone interview. So your basic behavioral questions, tell me about a time that you managed conflict at work. Tell me about your proudest accomplishment at work, right? These are softballs. They're not supposed to be really difficult questions. So instead of trying to prepare for all of the possible behavioral questions that you could get, which they're literally endless, I would instead recommend that you prepare what are three work stories that you're really proud of and would be able to speak about eloquently, concisely, right? That's the key. You can't speak about it for minutes and minutes on end. And when you get a question, you want to pivot that answer to answer that question, okay? And then you'll also get a question related to potentially verifying immigration status, maybe your educational degree or certifications, your location, ability to relocate if needed, your vaccine status. Like you might get some of these kind of check the box type questions that they view as requirements for the role. Okay, now the salary question. It's very common for recruiters to ask you what your expected salary range is for your next role. They do this as to not waste any time with candidates who will not accept a salary within their budgeted range. So you want to make sure that by the time you hop on this phone interview that you have done the research and legwork needed to figure out what is your true minimum baseline. I will also be doing an episode on figuring out your true minimum baseline in the new year. But basically, like you need to know what is the minimum baseline, the true minimum baseline that you would accept for your next job. It should be at least what you're making, but hopefully more than what you're making currently. And I would add 20% to that number. So actually overshoot past your true minimum baseline. And have that in your back pocket. I don't want you to just share it straight out, but have it in your back pocket. Have that number ready. Now, I've had clients regret the number that they shared with the recruiter later 
when they got to the offer stage. So maybe in the phone screen, they shared a number and then they got all the way to the offer stage only to find out that the range for that job blew way past what they had shared. So that's why I want you to be really careful about what you share. Here's what I recommend when this question comes up. Flip it back on them and say, will you share the budgeted range for this role and I'll let you know if it's a fit for me for what I'm looking for. If they say no, then share your true minimum baseline and add 20% on top of that. And you you will say, I'd like to land around X amount, but I'm more interested in landing in the right role and opportunity. And I'm happy to continue exploring if this is the right fit. Now, if you say a number that's going to blow past what's possible for them to offer you, they will likely tell you on the spot and they may take you out of the process and reject you. And that is okay. Part of this whole process is you being okay with letting go of opportunities that do not match up with what you're looking for in your next role. Now, there might be scenarios where you're like, well, this is a dream company or like this is an absolute dream goal. If that's the case, then again, I would go back to will you share the budgeted range for the role and then, you know, I'll let you know if I'm willing to continue to explore it. And if they don't share it, then that's a red flag because they just asked you that question. If they can't give you anything, I would probably heavily consider not moving forward in that process because the time and energy required to engage with a company is a lot. It's a lot on both sides. And so you want to be able to both reach some kind of mutual understanding of what can be expected from the salary expectations. But, you know, if they tell you straight out the number you just shared is is beyond what we can do, then you have to be okay with letting go of that opportunity. Now, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to ask them what they think is the right amount for you, given your background. This is a recipe for getting lowballed. You will be lowballed if you do this. You also don't want to say, I don't know. Just please, please do not do that. Please spend the time proactively researching like the salary averages for the cost of living, for the company, for the industry, for the role, for your numbers of years of experience. Use Glassdoor, use all of these external websites, Blind. There's so many resources out there for you to get some of that information. Go to Reddit, do that research, talk to people if you can before, you know, saying I don't know. I don't know is unacceptable. Okay, so that's all of the prep for the questions. Now, you might get a little bit of time at the very end to ask your own questions. I would ask, how soon are you looking to fill this role? And I would also ask, you know, what created this opportunity? Is it that the team is growing? Is it that someone left? What has caused for this role or opening or job to kind of become open? This gives you context on what's going on behind the scenes. You know, you can ask, can you tell me about the team and their goals and their company culture? And you can even say, like, what have you enjoyed about working at this company? Um, Don't expect that you'll have a ton of time for this. Like I said, the main purpose of this conversation is a phone screen. They are evaluating you and that's that's really it. You do not need to send a thank you note after the phone interview. It's just way too early in the process for that. They are doing so many phone interviews. It's just not necessary. You will find out if you make it to the next stage relatively soon. Hopefully the recruiter will actually let you know that. And don't follow up with them if they don't get back to you. Unfortunately, this is something that happens often. It's a poor practice of not following up or not closing the loop with you. It reflects poorly on them. And it's just unfortunately just expect that this will happen sometimes. And it's just part of the game. 
when you finish the phone interview, I want you to like, this is going to be hard, but I want you to sit down and immediately write down all the questions that they asked you. And then try to rate yourself like, how did I answer these questions? Did you feel good? How did you feel? What kind of prep do you need to do so that you're even better prepared for the next interview? Every time you do a phone interview, you will get better and stronger, but you do need to do that quick evaluation of yourself. For example, if you got a question that you had no idea how to answer, like for your next interview, like prepare an answer for that. You only get better with time when it comes to these phone interviews it's really important for you to get really comfortable, really good at them because this will increase the chances you continue to move forward and become a stronger, stronger interview in all of your interview processes. All right, that is all I have for you today. I hope that this gives you all of the tools needed to successfully navigate your next phone interview. Would love to hear what you think. Follow me, tag me at Priscilla Bolcha on IG, on Instagram. Email me at Priscilla at ecmpodcast.com. And yeah, best of luck. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head over to ecmpodcast.com slash free course and sign up for my free job search training course. I teach you the three things that you need to know before you go into a job search process. My goal is to help you change careers with confidence and ease so you can move on with your life. I'll see you next week.